Say Something's Girl Talk, a place for women to hear and share an encouraging word. Next up, Kristen Schell. She's author, speaker, and blogger on the subjects of food and faith and hospitality. Passionate about community, she's put her money where her mouth is by starting the Front Yard People Movement. She travels the country speaking at conferences and events with an encouraging word on how to open our lives and homes to others. She lives in Austin with her husband, Tony, and their four kids. And we're glad she's joined us. Thanks for joining the conversation. Here we go. Well, it doesn't really matter what my name is because no one knows my name is Kristen Shell. I am the Turquoise Table Lady. And so um, I put a ordinary, plain, just the, as you can imagine, picnic table that I bought at Lowe's um, in my front yard and painted it turquoise. Um, as a way to get to know my neighbors and to bring community um, together um, and do life like the old village well. Um, So most of the time now people go, okay, so you put a turquoise picnic table in your front yard. Why? (laughs) Versus why they answer. And so I tell them, I said, well, because I was really frustrated. I was so busy with all the good things, but I wasn't, I, I, I felt like I was still missing out on things. I felt like I was going super wide across all the goodness, but I wasn't going very deep. Does, do, you, do you ever y'all feel that way? Like you're doing so many of all the good things. Like everything I was doing was good. We have four children. So that's four carpools and four sporting events and four sets of, of friends and four of this and that and that. Plus then Tony's in our relationship and church and all the good things. And so I was going super, super wide, but I was lacking in, in depth. I mean, and that, I didn't know it at the time, but that's the way I was feeling. And so I was missing this sense of community, this, this sort of this sense of settledness. But when I looked around, I was like, well, we've lived in the same house for 10 years. We're invested. We're in our church. We're, we're, we're planted in all the right places. Why am I still feeling this disconnect? Well, for me, because I spend more time in my minivan carpooling all of those children around than I do face-to-face with a lot of my peers. I remember one day I was walking through the HEB, our grocery store, and my best friend started texting me. And I remember she, was, she needed me. She was in a state of crisis, and she was texting me. And I'm sitting there having this intimate, incredible conversation with my very best friend who needed me in the produce aisle at HEB. Like that was, it it was like, that's kind of odd. A few days later, I realized I was sitting in carpool line and I was also texting a friend. Now there's nothing wrong with texting. I, I love texting, but I started noticing this new form of communication. And this was a while back. So it was before it was really the norm. So I started thinking, gosh, you know, I'm not communicating the same way we used to. Um, Maybe this has happened to you. What would happen if, like, there were three or four of us, and we wanted to, we were really good friends, we like each other, we want to be in each other's company, but we pull out our our iPhones or our iDevices, and we decide that we want to meet for coffee. Easy enough? Right? Like, how long do you think it would take three or four of us to get together for coffee? I mean, maybe a while. Like, that's kind of like an act of Congress, right? And so I was starting to have all these frustrations, these pent-up things, and I couldn't, think, you know, couldn't put a pinpoint on them. And then our children got to the age where they were starting to use iDevices. And I, that this messed me up really, really bad because I started noticing that my children were texting emojis instead of words. And I was finding out about these things called Snapchat. And oh, mom, you've got to have this filter because it will make you look younger. And I'm like, you're 14. What do you know about needing to look younger with a Botox filter on Snapchat? 
And so uh, all of these communication styles were changing. And so I kind of dug a little deeper, and I realized that we live in what's called the digital age. You guys know this. All of my children are called what are, are called digital natives, meaning they, will, they were born in an era where they will never not know having some sort of device in front of them. And so I kind of got to the point where I was like, I wonder... I wonder, could, can't, are my kids going to not know how to have conversations? Like even our dinners were getting shorter. You know, all of the ways in which we, the, the way I grew up knowing how to communicate were changing. And they were changing so fast, I couldn't do anything about it. And so I asked God in prayer, what am I supposed to be doing? You know, what, how am I supposed to matter with my life? You know, what, what's the vision? What's my calling? All of these big, big, big questions. And then he, he's, as he does, I was leaping ahead of him, and he said, start small and start where you are. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what that means. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm in H-E-B, right? That's where I always am, or the minivan. What do you mean start small and start, you know, where I am? And so it took a little bit of time for me to learn this. And, and I kept hearing over and over to take every opportunity to open my life and home to others. Now, that's Romans 12, 13, which is, in, um, which is known as the hospitality verse. And that was in a new translation to me. It's the voice. And it's an actual translation, not a paraphrase. But it says, and I'll say it again, it's Romans 12, 13. And it says, take every opportunity to open your life and home to others. But now remember, I'm in a minivan, and I can't even find time to meet with my very best friends, and we're all doing this Snapchat thing that I don't even know how to use. How am I supposed to take every opportunity to open my life and home to others? Like, I'm doing this so backwards and so wrong. And so the first thing that the Lord did was he taught me the difference between entertainment and hospitality. And y'all, this was hard. This was hard for me. Um, I love throwing a big party. I love having all the things and hosting big gatherings, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what the Lord wanted me to know was that there was a difference, that there was a difference between entertainment and hospitality. And so in order to teach me that, he was like, I'm going to strip back all of the things and everything that you know about entertainment, and I'm going to reteach you what hospitality is. The thing is, is I fought it because I didn't want hospitality. Have any of y'all ever taken those spiritual gift classes at church? Okay, I am 110% gifted with the gift of hospitality, but I didn't want that. I wanted one of the smart gifts. Like I wanted like teaching or prophecy or something, wisdom. I don't know. I didn't want hospitality. But that's because, again, I thought, you know, I didn't understand the, the, the depth and the value of what hospitality means. Hospitality in Greek means love of strangers. So now I know that love of strangers, and I'm supposed to do that at every opportunity to open my life and home to others and to love these strangers. Well, y'all, that messed me up. I mean, how do you do that? I don't know. I mean, I, I tried, so I tried hard. I'd invite people over. I'd have Bible studies. I'd invite, you know, we would, I would try all the things. And that's when I got stopped dead in my tracks. And I, I, I had to learn that it was not about the doing, but it was about the being. Less about the doing. Entertainment is doing. Hospitality is being. It's who we are. It becomes a way of life. And I still couldn't figure this out because I'm a slow learner, very slow. And so I had to see it modeled for me. And so I saw, I was at a conference on discipleship. 
And the speaker, Joe Saxton, if y'all don't know who Joe is, look her up. She's incredible. But she gave this quick talk on discipleship. But the thing that I took away from it was she says, you can't be what you can't see. You can't be what you can't see. And I shook my fists in the air and I said, all right, then God, show me because I'm messing it up right and left. I have no idea what this hospitality stuff is. I'm in a car all the time. I, I, I don't know. I, I, blah, 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 blah. Help me. And so he shows me the, the, and the next thing that happened at this conference was this video. It was a quick little video about a woman named Ludmila. And Ludmila um, was an 84-year-old widow who lives in Prague, most atheistic part um, of the Old Eastern Bloc. And Ludmila offers hospitality every single day in her home simply by putting a plaque on her brownstone door that says, Embassy of the Kingdom of Heaven. She did not consult Pinterest on what to serve. She did not pull out, you know, fine china. She simply modeled what was totally new and mind-blowing to me, and that's the ministry of presence. I had never heard that, never heard that concept. Not doing, just simply being. She didn't plan anything. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, people would come to her, she would listen, and she would pray, period, end. And I thought, now, wow, I can do that. I can just sit, you know, That's, that I can do. Well, I had to learn to listen, which was, you know, also very hard for me, but I'm trying. Um, but I wanted to be like Ludmila. I thought, there's the freedom. That's the freedom. I had never seen what it could look like to be free in Christ doing what he wanted us to do, not achieving, not striving, not, not doing, not all of those things. It was just show up and be present and love. That is what it means to love strangers. I still didn't know what to do because I've made it clear, I, you know, I'm a slow learner. And so that's when the turquoise table arrived in my front yard, literally. Um, I was having a party with a friend of mine, and I needed some extra seating for the backyard, and Tony told me I had zero budget, and so I thought, well, zero means about 300 so I figured I could buy something for $300. And so I bought, I bought two ordinary plain picnic tables from Lowe's because they were 99 you know, nine, whatever, $99.99. And, and they, with a $20 delivery free, I figured, well, that's free. So, okay, so these ordinary picnic tables show up, and the delivery man, they're heavy. And the delivery man put one right where it is to this day, underneath an old magnolia right at the edge of our curb. I mean, you know, a few feet back. And when I saw that, y'all, I saw that table and I thought, oh, what if? What if this was the answer? What if I could be like Ludmila, but I could do it outside and so nobody would have to see the junk on the inside and all the dishes that are always in my sink and all the laundry and all the excuses that I would always give for not inviting people into my home. And what if, what if we were to do all of our ordinary activities, things we're already doing because nobody needs a new program. What if we were to do homework and we were to eat dinner and we were doing things that, that, like I said, like we were already doing, but we were to do them outside in a more visible place. And what if we were to call ourselves front yard people? What would that look like? And so I told Tony that night as we were going to bed and he was kind of getting over the fact that I'd spent $300, which to him does not mean nothing. And, and I said, honey, I think I'm going to paint this table turquoise and I think we're going to live like as front yard people. And he just kind of went... <laughs> Uh, anyway, there's a whole other story behind that. But, but he, he, he went to bed. <laughs> he was like, whatever. 
And so we did. I put that turquoise table in my front yard with the hypothesis that what if, what if we were to take every opportunity to open our life and home to others? And what if we were to call ourselves front yard people? And so the very first day I met a neighbor and then I had another little gathering and a couple of friends decided they wanted turquoise tables and then a couple more friends and then a friend in South Carolina and then a friend in Nebraska. And y'all, today there are turquoise tables in all 50 states and eight countries. So, and that is just what the Lord does when he gives you a gift and when he sets you free from the, the worry and you, you finally, through his grace, figure out, well, I'll try this even if it's weird, then he, it, it's a gift and he wants you to give that to others. And so that's what it's become. There are people all over the United States who are gathering, even now as we speak tonight, at tables, getting to know one another and bringing back that community that I was so afraid, and I'm still a little bit afraid of Snapchat, but so afraid that we were going to lose in our neighborhoods and in our families and in our homes. And so that's the story of the turquoise table. And now I get to introduce my dear friend, Shelly Miller, live from London. She's here from London, and she's going to talk about Sabbath, which is a huge, important part um, of our daily rhythm. So. 